This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Emilio Donello. This is our initial reaction to Fulham's dramatic 1-0 victory against Huddersfield Town at Craven Cottage. Emilio was there. I'm going to bring him on right now. We're just not going to waste any more time. Emilio, how are you feeling after that victory today? Phew. <laughs> Taking a deep breath. Blimey, that, was, that wasn't good for the heart, to tell you. It was... Oh, I'm still... You know, my voice is a little bit croaky so apologies listeners for you know for my voice but it's a dramatic game you know very a very poor spectacle for the Premier League let's be very honest it was a very absolutely first half at the end of the day we, want, we wanted the game more I think if you look yep. at that second half performance we wanted that game more and you know I think we deserved the victory in the end forget the put the penalty aside we can talk about that much shortly but yep. overall I think we wanted three points more than Huddersfield did and we offered more and uh, we deserve the win, albeit in you know in injury time. So, but I'll take it. One nil, one nil, ugly win. We need to start doing that more often if we want to stay in this division. Totally agree, Emilio. I'll take it any way you can get it. And this was <laughs> ugly, but I really don't care. But I'm just going to ask you this question. I think the most relieved person at Craven Cottage today was Abubakar Kamara. Would you agree with me? Uh, absolutely. And. You, when basically the team celebration when Mitro scored the winner in India yep. time, very reserved, very muted. You could see he was one of the last players to go and congratulate Mitro. There was no, you know, when he's running 100 miles an hour to go and you know pat his players on the back, hug them, and all that. He was the last player to do that. So you felt an element of embarrassment. And you know, <laughs> we've got lots of talking. We could take a whole show talking about that incident. But I know. the fans booing him as well. Where every time he touched the ball, I thought <sighs> disappointing. You know, I understand. You know, but. 
you know, at the end of the day, he, you know, he's, he's not embarrassed. And the fact that he's, took, you know, he was the last player to go and applaud Mitra for the winner just shows how embarrassed he felt and relieved, you know, you know, conveniently. But at the end of the day, we got the win. Right. They can deal with that behind, the, you know, in the dressing room or behind the scenes. But ultimately, some lessons need to be learned how to handle those situations. It's just an embarrassing situation for the club. Well, before we move on from that, why don't we just continue talking about this just for a little bit longer. Just tell me what you saw during this whole thing. As you can imagine, the announcers that I was listening to were just beside themselves with the situation with Mitro wanting to take it and Abubakar Kamara just took over and would not give give up the ball. So what did you see being there? Yeah, right in front of me. I think obviously Kamara won the penalty. Their defenders had their arms raised. It was a clear, clear-cut penalty. There was no questions about that. Not much challenge from the Huddersfield defenders, so they accepted the fact that it was a penalty. But Kamara was just like a sport brat, sport kid. He, he had the ball. He kept it close to his chest, refused to let go of it. All you can see is Mitrovic and Kamara having a little, having a chance and not give it to me. No, I'm taking it. And Kamara was like charging along with his ball in his hand, near his chest, refusing to let it go. And what was disappointing, in my opinion, okay, that's one issue, and that the club right. should deal with that appropriately, whether that's docking wages, they, they can deal with that appropriately. But what was disappointing for me is your leader. You take responsibility and captain your team. I thought Tom Kenny proved to me why he's not a Where captain. Where was he during all this, Amelia? He was just going sideways, looking, talking to Mitrovic, looked, trying to find an answer, hoping that maybe there was a hope that Kamara would let go of the ball, except the fact that, yes, he won the penalty. But equally, he felt, well, you know, maybe he'll just calm down a bit and release the ball and give it to the natural penalty taker, which is Mitrovic. But maybe Mitrovic told Ken in his ear, say, look, I'll give him my blessing for him to take it, which is when Mitrovic went to hug and kiss Kamara. And then that was Kamara a class then, act, by the way, that he did that. Yeah, very, very. So whether he gave the instruction to Tom to say, look, let him take it, I'll give him my blessing, fine. But... I saw no leadership there from Tom Kearney. Okay. That was very, very disappointing. And I've, I've questioned his, his captaincy capabilities many a time whilst at the club. And today proved why he's not a leader on that pitch. We need somebody to take authority. You hit the final decision. The captain's final call. That's the person who makes the decisions. But no, he, he had no balls. Excuse my French. Yeah. And had no leadership there. And, you know, I knew tomorrow was going to miss. I knew he was going to miss. You know, at the end of the day, it was, it was in the corner, but the goalkeeper had moved sufficiently towards the ball. So, again, somebody a bit more composed and professional like Mitrovic might have anticipated the keeper diving early. He would have just yep. put it sideways on the other, to the left rather than to the right. But Kamara, you know, naive, young. It was a good save, more, Emilio, but it honestly, was save, it wasn't that difficult because he, he no, anticipated it. It was the right height. And I thought if, if Kamara was more composed, he would have seen that the goalkeeper already moved towards the same direction he was intended to take the ball. So somebody more perfect, more composed would have, would have just side-footed it in the other yep. side. But that's the difference between a good striker and one who's very raw. Right. But equally, two issues there. Kamara you know, basically refused to give the ball away, and the fans were on his back for the rest of the game. And lack of leadership on the pitch from Tom Kearney. That, that's what upset me the most. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Let's start from the beginning, because uh, at halftime I was – actually vocal on Twitter, which I don't normally do, talking about how bad the first half was. I thought it was terrible, horrible, the first half. But it's funny. I got this message from one of our co-hosts, Matt Smith. I'm going to read it to you because I find it curious, and I thought that would be a a good thing for us to talk about. This is what Matt Mm. actually messaged me. Is there a chance Ranieri played the first half that way on purpose with the thought of doing what he's doing now in the second half? Because I got this message during the second half. What are your thoughts about that? 
slightly different perspective. Not necessarily playing on purpose. I think more the intent, going at half time, not losing, not going behind. How many games now we've not gone behind or conceded in the first half under Ranieri? Quite a few games now. So he's playing the same philosophy he did under, with Leicester City. Keep it tight. That's what he came in from day one. He said very clearly, we need to sort out the defence. And we're doing that. So he's yep. making sure we're still in the game come the second half. So, you know, we could have been a little bit more positive in that half. I thought they had a silver there for the taking. I think we were too narrow. Obviously, we didn't have enough wide men, not enough pace in the team. But equally, defensively, we looked very confident. The back five looked very right. strong. Cable weren't threatened from Huddersfield Town. And to be honest, I think we could have taken a few more risks at times. But They were very conservative in the first half. Very. Far too conservative. I thought we had to be a little bit more, a little more positive. But the lineup he put out there, you know, was very much... We had no width and no pace. And top, again, Tom on the right, you know, not his, yep. not his favourite position. And was anonymous in that. And Vieto, a few nice touches. Good, one, good, one good early cross to Mitrovic, and, you know, which Mitrovic should have done better. He, he, he right. had it over. But other than that, it was a dire first half. But we hadn't conceded. We're still in the game. And we had a strong bench. We had, we had options on the bench. And ultimately, you know, we saw one of them come on at half time, And I think he would have made a second substitute. He probably would have taken Vieto off for fifth. Had Mawson, I'm assuming, not picked up a knock, which is why that, that second substitution was enforced, assuming he was injured. Okay. And in which case, had he not been injured, sure. I would have expected Vieto to possess immediately at half time. Right. right. And just so everyone knows, we're recording this shortly after the match, and I have not seen any comments yet about Alfie Mawson. I'm sure I, I will shortly, but uh, as we're doing this right now, I'm not sure. I'm, but like you, Amelia, I'm assuming it was injury-related because it just didn't make mm. sense. But to Lamarchand's credit, I think he did... A nice job, but what that also did is it changed things around. Then you had Kearney playing more central, which is his role, and Fulmore a different side in the second half from the get-go. They were after it, so it was very interesting to see the differences between the first half and the second half. Emilio, your thoughts? Absolutely, and I think Seri coming off, I think, again, was tactical because he was on a yellow card and we couldn't afford to play any part of the game with 10 men, so that naturally allowed Tom to play central in favoured yep. position. Again, we pushed up five yards five, ten yards in, in that second half. But there was a bit more of an instruction. Okay, you, they're not offering as much strength. Take a risk, push up a little bit more. So Tom had a lot more of the ball. But always, again, keep, we kept possession. We were closing the down half. much, much more. We were closing. Joe Bryan had a good second half. He pushed yep. up ten yards. Christie made some good surging runs as well. Second half, again, pushed up ten yards. So again, and you can see Chambers often saying to, to play, come on, push up, push up. Yep. Now listen, we're sitting too deep. Push up further. So there was much definitely more instruction there. Yeah, absolutely. And we sort of took the ball by the horn. Tom keeping possession. We weren't giving the ball away so cheaply. We weren't hoofing the ball out of play unnecessarily. We kept his ball. And we were more determined. And ultimately, I think we, we wanted the game more than Huddersfield did. Exactly. And if you look at the first time they played, Huddersfield Town wanted it more. This time, Fulham wanted it more. And they showed that in the second half. And I, again, on Twitter, which I don't normally do, I was said, basically, get your behinds in gear in the second half because mm, yeah, absolutely. for whatever absolutely. reason, like I said, it was very conservative. Was it just to get to halftime? I don't know, but I just found that interesting that our co-host Matt Smith just threw it out there. But the second yeah. half was completely different because they actually were proactive and they forced mm. the issue. And that was the difference. That's the why they, they wanted it more. They took the match mm. over. So exactly. if and anyone I, tells me mm. they didn't deserve to win the match, I don't know what second half they were watching. If, they're just exactly. basing it on the first half, Emilio. I get that. But if you're watching the full match, Fulham deserved the three points. 
But I'll give you one one fact. So I was walking out of the ground with Joe, our fellow co-host, and his yep. best friend, Jeremy, who's a Huddersfield supporter. So he goes. this guy goes to Huddersfield games home and away every single season. So I asked him his opinion. He said, at the end of the day, Fulham wanted the game more. They deserved the win. Exactly. I, I questioned him about the Cyrus Christie yellow card. Could that have been read another day? He said, no, the, the, the ball was going out of play rather than down the middle, so in which case the yellow card was the right decision. So, right. so speaking to an avid Huddersfield supporter who goes to every home and away game, the right today was the right result. Fulham deserved to win the game, and that's coming from a Huddersfield supporter. So, um, so good. He feels we'll both be playing this fixture again next season. Is his view? Okay, very good there, Emilio. Let's now go to the goal because I'm just telling you, I was just sweating it out at the very end. <laughs> and uh, you know, again, this starts with Huddersfield Town being on the front foot, and we take advantage of them. And we move it fast, and you have uh, Ryan Sessegnon beautifully setting up Absolutely. Alexander Mitrovic, and he becomes the hero. Absolutely. Before that, I think it was Adoy who's, who's ball wide. I thought Adoy had a stormer today. He made one little yeah. sloppy foul in the first half, uh, picked up a, a yellow card. Other than that, I thought Adoy had an outstanding game. Was hungry, determined, always winning those balls in the air, trying to always go forward. And he actually saw Sessegnon wide, released the ball to him, and Sessegnon's ball was to perfection, but what you had there is, a, you could argue, a world-class striker who was so composed on the ball, had no right to get that ball first and tucked it you know, into the back of the net. And the goal celebrations after that were immense. You can just imagine the fan absolutely, you know, you know, chaos. I mean, you know, they just felt like we've yep. actually got, you know, won the uh, playoff final. That's how dramatic <laughs> it was. But it was relief and deserved, you know. But again, like I said earlier, Kamara's embarrassment there not to go and celebrate as passionately as you normally would and uh, that was obviously because of the incident before that but right who knows what we'll what we will see now from the, from that incident but at the end of the day three points to three points exactly clean sheet again and that's what Ranieri was brought in to do keep it tight at the back and pinch those one nil wins those you know, two one wins and you know we're you know we've got 14 points we've got a chance now okay there's still a chance I actually have some information. I'm glad that I was actually checking football.london. And these are quotes from Claudio Ranieri after the mm-hmm. match. So I'm going to share this with you right now. And uh, he was asked, talk us through halftime, quote, I wanted to make two changes, but Mawson was injured, so I had to wait for Session, unquote. Exactly what you said, Emilia. Okay, great. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. And I so think that that's ultimately he would have made it. He would have made a substitute. He would have taken off Vieta for Sessegnon. I was saying, as I when I was messaging you at halftime, but obviously he had it was an enforced substitution. He had to take Morton off with an injury, which is disappointing. So, um, but again, he had a good first half, very composed and, and leading from the back. Again, okay. I have another quote for you from Claudio. Again, this is from hmm. Football.London. Who is the penalty taker? Here it is, Emilio. Quote <laughs> Mitrovic. But he thought he was the man. He did not apologize. It was impossible to speak with this man. He doesn't understand the reason. It's the first time in my life, unquote. Interesting. 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 Yeah, so, so obviously, like we said, that matter will be dealt with behind the scenes. There'll be some some form of repercussions there for Kamara. He didn't actually influence. Okay, he won the penalty. So he did have some influence in that first in that half. But he didn't really do much else of note. To be honest, he was sort of being a bit of a nuisance, but he wasn't as influential as he was in the first half against Wolves. But ultimately, if Mitrovic is the penalty taker, where is Mr. Kearney? 
Yeah. What is his role as a captain? Maybe that's a talking point tomorrow in your show tomorrow. Absolutely. Russ, you do a, a more deal. What is the role of the captain? I saw no leadership there whatsoever. And that's, I was ashamed of that. Okay. I have one more quote for you. Since we're, okay. talking, we're talking about Claudio, this goes back to the penalty situation. On the penalty, here's what Claudio shared. Quote, it is not possible to explain. He did not respect me, his teammates, the club, the crowd. He wants to shoot, and I speak a little with him. Unquote. <laughs> okay. okay, so yeah, so exactly what I've said. It'll be, it'll be, it'll, it'll be dealt with off, you know, behind the scenes. I know Mr. Ranieri, like I've said, I've met yeah. Mr. Ranieri many times in the past, so um, I know how he how he approaches games, and that's a very mild way of saying he's absolutely fuming and peed off. So uh, the rest assured, the matter will be dealt with. Mr. Ranieri isn't going to let this or ignore the situation. It will yep. be dealt with, and you know, don't be surprised. You might see some some sanctions there against Mr. Kamara. But uh, at the end of the day, we've got the victory. That's what counts. Let the club deal with all this off, 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 you know, off the pitch issues, shall we say? And let's focus on the Arsenal game. And again, make it difficult for Arsenal at the at the, at the stadium. But there's interesting comments there from Claudio. There, I think he's yep. reinforced everything we've said here. So um, absolutely. Okay, very good right. there, my friend. Final thoughts before we go. Just want to mention that this is just full time initial reactions from Emilio and myself. <laughs> Emilio said how the crowd felt relief. I feel the exact same way. So that is exactly how I feel at this moment. <laughs> but when we do the post-match, we're going to go into much more detail because, as I said to Amelia, we could probably do five hours on this match because there's so much to talk about, even how bad the first half is. There's a lot to get to. And then, of course, the second half, there's a lot to talk about as well. Mm, absolutely. Final thoughts, Amelia, before we, we uh, um, go? In a day, I'm, the, I'm always the optimist, so won the game 1-0. We won ugly, which we don't do very often. Uh, kept the clean sheet. The team is picking up points slowly but surely. This is all nice. These are nice to have here. So, you know, as long as we've got, you know, we've got some tough games coming up in January and the bigger teams have still got to come to the cottage, but none of those teams will, will fancy coming here. We can start to do what Brighton do like the last two seasons. Play tight. Be organised. Don't concede many goals. We've always got a chance. And if we can play like that against some of the big teams, we might nick a point here and there. I know Mike Gregg has ridden off every home game against the top six, but there's an opportunity there to snatch a victory or some points, which is what we need to do, and then start to win away from home. But I'm going to reflect on the positives. I think tomorrow's show we can talk about some of the uh, the drama around the penalty incident. But, uh, but overall, I'm a happy man, as are most of the supporters. But, you know, unfortunately, the way, it was, the, way the penalty incident was handled doesn't, doesn't reflect well on the club. Okay, very good. All right, my friend, let's wrap this up. Like I mentioned, we will have a full post-match show on this uh, dramatic Fulham victory, but it is time to go. For my co-host, Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.